Welcome to the Lightning 50 e-commerce growth hacking podcast brought to you by BrightPearl. Want to turn your business into a cash generating machine? You've come to the right place. This bite-sized podcast reveals the technology secrets fueling the world's fastest growing online brands. And for our host, we have retail industry expert, Caroline Baldwin. She'll be sharing her own wisdom and experience as she interviews high growth e-commerce brands to uncover their secret tech tools and tips for success. Let's get started on supercharging your growth. Here's Caroline. Hello, I'm Caroline. Welcome to the Lightning 50 e-commerce growth hacking podcast. And today we're speaking to James Ewins, head of e-commerce at Furniture Box. James, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Great to have you. So tell me a little bit about the business that you work for today, Furniture Box, and how e-commerce has helped you get to where you are right now and stand out in the world of online home furnishings. Yeah, so Furniture Box has been around since 2016, predominantly selling on marketplaces. But we took the decision to sell on our own platforms uh, via our own website um, back in 2019. And we are obviously one of the lucky businesses through COVID, where obviously that, that massive spike in growth that all e-commerce companies had, we really did very well out of that too, especially being in furniture. And really, that kind of growth over COVID has powered what we've done in 2021 and, and into 2022. So, yeah, one of the lucky ones, I guess. Yes, the growth numbers I've got in front of me here are pretty impressive. So I've got 267% growth over the year 2019 to 2020. And bearing in mind, 2019 was the first year you were trading on your own website in a industry that's quite, you know, there's quite a lot of online furniture companies and physical furniture companies out there. That's pretty impressive growth. What do you, do you put that down? What do you put that down to? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've, we've done very well. 2019 was still a good uh, year for the company as well. I think we'd learned a lot through uh, the marketplace development of the type of product we should be selling. And we positioned ourselves very well in 2019. And then into 2020, the main driver of growth is obviously that everybody's confidence in online increasing, the stores being closed, uh, everybody being stuck at home, so there's more more disposable income. All of those factors kind of led into us just kind of riding the crest of a wave. That's kind of what we say internally. It has been a bit of a wave and we've just rode it. And, and, you know, as I said, we're one of the lucky ones. I see. And things have calmed down, I'm presuming, a little bit now. But in terms of your products, um, am I right in thinking that you've almost doubled your product library in last year? Yeah, that's right. So, we've, as I said, we've been able to reinvest what we did in 2020 into 21. And with some of the technology platforms that we now operate on, we've been able to to literally double our product range, you know, over that over that past year period. And we've also doubled the number of channels we sell on now. So you'll find our products on more marketplaces and uh, more retailers than you would have in, in 2020. So the tech stacks really allowed us to do that. Interesting. And what kind of percentage of the business goes through marketplaces versus your own website? It's uh, it's about 60% marketplaces, 40% own website. Fantastic. So, so talk to me about this website that you, you, you've been involved in. And as I say, it's still, still relatively new. What's, um, do you think that actually helped you in a way because you were able to come to the party a little bit later and get all the latest snazzy technology that's doing all the hard work for you? Yeah, I think certainly our journey was helped because uh, we built the site to begin with on Magento 2. So we didn't have that painful migration from Magento 1 to Magento too like everybody else did internally we sort of describe ourselves as we're kind of a tech company first that just happens to sell furniture online so everything that we've done on the website has been about using tech to further the growth 
And I think that's a bit different to perhaps an older company where the sale of tech or the the sign-off process for tech is very complex and very difficult. We're not really like that. We're we're a young company. We're we're a tech-driven company, and I think that really helps us to like accelerate that growth even further. No, definitely having that tech first mi- mindset is so important. So, t- t- come on, t- tell us a few of your in- inside secrets. Have you um, had some particular examples of um, some te- how technology has really helped you get ahead of the curve? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, working with Bright Pearl has been the key, the foundation of our tech stack, and and the the thing that powers everything we do is Bright Pearl. Without Bright Pearl, we'd have no order management system, we'd have no inventory management. We'd have no purchase order management. Like Bright Pearl is is really the core element of our of our tech stack. But then we've also brought on a lot of extra tech to bolster what Bright Pearl does very well. So uh, in terms of forecasting and demand planning, we use the demand planner application, and that's been an enormous boon. Like without that, uh, especially during the COVID times when the demand was was fluctuating wildly and especially during that period towards the end of 2020 where stores were open stores were closed look we were in lockdown we went in lockdown your demand was flying about all over the place and that was you know november december which is traditionally the busiest two months right mm-hmm. so demand planner was massive without demand planner we would have really struggled so that was a a very key purchase for us and then for the product stuff as i said when we when we doubled the product range we realized we needed a smarter way of storing all of our product information um so at the end of 2020 we invested in pimberly which is our pim uh, and pimberly uh have been a, a, again another key partner we couldn't list on all the channels that we list on we couldn't have expanded the product range as rapidly as we have and also we couldn't have had the data as accurate as we've had um, without pimberly so those three really are the the key success stories for us i think i see and how easy was it to onboard those technologies on the platform that you had yeah, I mean, um, Brightpool makes it pretty easy. Brightpool has a very robust API, so we can plug things in and we can pull data out of Brightpool very quickly. That really helped. The Pimberley connector was built in three weeks. We had it up and running in six weeks with all of our data, which is when you think about this, the volume of products that we have, getting that many products into a PIM and using it that quickly is, I think, real testament to how well Pimberley did. Brightpool offering the API to be able to do that that would have been a lot harder on other systems. Mm. How many products are we talking that you're up to at the moment? Uh, it's 14,500 sellable SKUs now. Yeah, that, that's so. quite a few to onboard in six, six weeks. That's really impressive. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, tell, so tell me, where have the, um, this all sounds, um, you know, like the magic pixie dust that you need to, to make your business really sing, but what, what, where have the challenges and the pain points been when it comes to technology? You know, your head of e-commerce, you must have some days where it's a bit more frustrating than others. Yeah, um, I think I'd be lying if I said it was plain sailing because it definitely wasn't. <laughs> um, really, the pain points have been the changes that iOS has brought along with iOS 14. The lack of marketing insight we get from our website now has been the most difficult piece. If we if we rewind back to what our data was like in 2019 and early 2020, we had a lot more reliable marketing data, a lot more channel breakdown. Being able to analyze performance of specific campaigns was a lot easier. Now we've lost cross-site tracking. Now we've got cookie policy. It's become a lot harder to track a user's journey. It's been a lot harder to track where they come from. 
how successful your campaigns are being, all the while while also trying to optimize those campaigns. So the lack of data that that's led to us has definitely been the biggest pain point. Yeah, and that must be quite frustrating when the goalposts are moved and it's it's completely out of your hands as well. How do you even mitigate against that? Yeah, it's it's one of the problems that we have. We we put in a strategy to uh, start looking at our advertising cost as an overall cost. So instead of breaking it down channel by channel, we now look at our marketing costs as uh, an overall spend. So we call it TACOs, um, total advertising cost to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can also call it MER, market efficiency ratio. But it's the same thing. It basically breaks down your cost versus your net revenue as a percentage. And you base your performance on that percentage. I see. I see. And what about new technologies that are coming up around the corner? Um, what's what's going to help you maybe with this problem or other plan- problems going forward? Technology for this problem is real difficult because I don't think anybody has the answer for that. There's lots of platforms now that offer behavioral analysis. So they look at the, the behavioral data of a user prior to visiting a website and then predict where that user may have come from, what their source medium was. Hmm. Um, that's cool tech. But Again, it's not accurate, right? It's it's still a guess. It's a, it's a more accurate guess than what we have now, but it's still a guess. So is that the answer? Maybe, who knows? The most exciting part of tech now, I think, in terms of e-commerce, is the ability to try and bring that storefront experience into a home, whether that be AR, whether that be VR shopping, whether that be uh, video-based appointments where a user is physically in a store talking about products while talking to somebody sat in their bedroom, that kind of evolution of tech of how we bring, you know, we're all used to Zoom culture now, right? Like everybody's mm-hmm. used to Zoom meetings and Teams meetings. How we bring that into an e-commerce environment, I think, is really exciting. And I think that's where we'll see. Um, I mean, a lot of the big retailers are already doing it. Curry's, you can go book an appointment now. It's, it's really cool tech. But I think how that evolves and then how you merge in the AR and VR elements to it, I think that's going to be really exciting in the next couple of years. Interesting, interesting. Have you um, have you t- tried any of these th- this kit out yourself, or have you tried anything? What, what, what's impressing you? I mean, we've we've tried uh, augmented reality. We've tried that quite a bit. We think the tech's a little bit too soon, um, even for the big companies um, that have got millions and millions to invest. Mm. The tech's not quite there yet, but with the improvement of phone tech and the improvement of internet tech. I think we're we're going to get closer to that over the next year or so. Um, yeah. So for us, I think we'll just we'll we'll keep exploring what options are out there, keep our eyes open, and then I think that's that's kind of one thing that we do very well. As I said, we're a tech company first, which happens to sell furniture, and I think we're always kind of on the pulse of where stuff's going. So I think we'll just stay as we are now, and then uh, yeah, see see what evolves as the best platform to use. I see. And finally, just as we wrap up, what's the one top tip you would give our listeners for growth and scale? Uh, I've jibbed on about tech quite a lot this call, but I do really believe that that is the answer. Never, ever be afraid to invest in tech. And and I know that's a lot easier said than done, but your tech stack drives everything you do. And whether that be an efficiency gain, whether that be a product launch gain, whether that be a turnover gain, it doesn't matter. Like Tech drives everything that we do. And we're in a world now where tech is so important. So my top tip would always be never, never be afraid to invest in tech. Fantastic. And James, finally, you ranked number 16 in the Lightning 50. Um, how, how, how does that make you and your team feel? And what does it mean for the business? 
Yeah, it means a lot. Um, we worked very hard um, over that COVID year. Um, we expanded our team massively that COVID, team, uh, COVID era. And I think a shout out to how good our operations team, our, our warehouse team and our customer service team are absolute superstars and how they cope during that time, especially knowing that they were working hybrid as well. I think that they're, they're really the, the superstars of this whole process. And I think it means more to them than it does to us. It's such a cool thing to be able to say that all of that hard work is rewarded. Oh, that's so great to hear, James. Um, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed chatting to you. And to our listeners out there, we will be back with you with another podcast next time. <laughs>